I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here. Uh, and Ellen Miller is still cruising for a bluesin' on a blues cruise. That's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's cruising for a bluesin'. A bluesin'. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, she's a bluesin' Got on it. the cruising. I mean, which means that we get to hang out. With Ken Mahia Beal. He's back. Yeah, just like herpes. <laughs> just there we like are. All righty. Yes, that's the second time I made that joke. <laughs> yes, and it, it is. It always makes Devin a and little and catches me off guard. I know. Each and fun. every time. I know. There we are. That's what I keep you on your toes. <laughs> so glad to see you, my friend. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here. You, we've had a big weekend. We had the best weekend of our lives. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah, and I've been married before. I know, right? This was there the best we go. weekend <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Girl, we, was, we saw Madonna. We, sure we saw did. Madonna. I was so close. I was uh, you know, so I close. was just close enough. I what does that mean? Because I, I I got to see a great view of the stage. Got it. I was you know I was good. I didn't. I, I for some reason I don't. I don't think I need to be. I I, I think Madge is uh, better uh, from afar. I was I was second row to the side. Uh-huh. And and there was stuff that was done right in front of my face. Wowza. And I looked at my friend and I said, I can't be this close to this I'm, much greatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't control myself. Girl, well, we'll talk about that we later should, because yeah. it, was, it was something else, let me tell you. Yeah. Like, I am still vibrating. Me too. There we are. There we are. Change my life. And then Equality Illinois. That was last night. night. I had a great time. I know. I know. Lots I know. of people. I dressed my uh, suit jacket was a disco ball. I saw that yeah. on the social media. I had a great night. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, we've got a great show we do. for you today. Uh, you know, we're talking about like. We I have a to, lot to talk we about. We do have a lot to talk about. Like, I went to go see Illinois yes. last night, the Sufian Stevens uh, new musical. Uh, based on his album Illinois, and it got me kind of thinking like Madonna, and it really got me thinking about the power of pop culture, yes, uh, in in shaping uh, our worldview and stuff. So we're we're kind of delving into that a little bit, um, you know. Uh, so we got some cool guests today. So yes, based on a true do. story, uh, Champion, the new opera, uh, it's playing at Lyric at the Lyric Opera. It, it's an uh, it's what the composer Terrence Ballard uh, Blanchard calls an opera in jazz. Uh, welterweight boxer uh, Emil Griffith is tortured by the complex realities of his life, decades-long guilt from defeating a challenger in the ring who died from Griffin's, Griffith's blow, mm. and desperately conflicted feelings uh, regarding his own sexuality. Singer Martin Luther Clark is going to be joining us in the second hour. I'm excited. Uh, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. I first encountered it. Uh, a couple years ago okay. when Court Theater did a production of a play called Man in the Ring about this. And it's, it's, and it's, well, the I, story is incredible. I did my research when you sent me kind of the, the research for the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I said, this seems like the, exactly the kind of play that I need to see. Cause yeah. I love boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's right up my alley. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a big old opera. I can't. I'm can't, gonna do it. I know it's gonna be great. We got a week. There you go. And uh, and you know, and thank you, Ken. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a thank friend. You for being because a friend. let's talk about girl, the love of the golden girls. Yeah, that's right. It still keeps on floating. As, uh, <laughs> golden girls, the last continues, uh, begins its run with uh, Broadway in Chicago at the Broadway Playhouse, yes. uh, February sixth through the twenty fifth. Actor Vince Kelly, who plays Blanche, is going to be joining us. Uh, you know, I scheduled this just made sure that you were here. I knew you did. I know. 
because you know me. I know you. I know you and your golden (laughs) girls. Come on now. Come on. And of course, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call at 773-763-9278. That number again is 773-763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook where we are coming at you live. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're at it, why not? Follow us, give us a click and a like and a share and all that good stuff and everything. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. But if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on WCPT 820. And while you're at it, follow WCPT and our sister station, Heartland Signal, at on uh, the, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitters, and the TikToks. All the stuff. All the stuffs. All so the stuffs. So how, well, how are you, my friend, aside from having just a fabulous weekend? I mean, I'm exhausted, but yeah, me I too. feel great. Wonderful. I'm going to die as soon as I leave here. Please don't. That's uh, okay. No, no. You just mean like taking a little nap? Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm oh, okay. Okay, guys. Yes. Well, girl, I'm, words for matter. for like eight hours. Oh, good. Yeah. An eight-hour nap. <laughs> yes. That's good. I'm that's, taking a sleep. That's good. Well, I know you've been, you've been How, really busy. Well, what about you? Oh, you know, I've been kind of doing like busy things. I I know. I follow. Ish, you know. Yeah. I just do some busy stuff, doing some, some things. I was a single dog dad. Oh. The husband had to go out to... Uh, to Cleveland. I will be in Cleveland next week. Well, I will give you all of the hot spots when he gets back. All to let three you know. of all, them. Yeah, Thank both you. of them. There we Thank are. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing like single dog dad and <laughs> going to see Madonna. And Madonna. Going to see Illinois. I'm going to show you this thing again. It's, yes. It's, plug. It's really, I'm plugging away. It's really good. I think we're going to have uh, one of the cast members on next week. Perfect. This, yeah, this is, it, it's beautiful. If you are a, a fan of Sufjan Stevens, uh, especially the, the album Illinois, mm-hmm. you're gonna love this. Uh, the band, shut up, just shut your face up. Cool. They are. It's amazing, and it is nothing but really pretty people doing things that I could never do. Like it's basically a a dance recital. Okay. It's a narrative dance theater kind of piece. It sounds like something that we would all enjoy. It's it's gorgeous, yeah. it's beautiful, it's queer, it's uh a tear was shed. Oh, okay, I'm in. You know? I'm in. And it's and it's really stunning and to watch like people do things. That's why it's why I love cats the musical. You love cats the I musical. I love cats the musical. <laughs> oh. You did not know this about me? No. Oh yeah, no, I loved cats. I like I loved cats so much that when I was thirteen, I used to get my double album because I'm old and we had to use a record yeah. player back in those days. Yes. And I had my double album out and I would just like I would play the thing, play the records, I would look at the pictures, and then I would go into uh get my old Halloween makeup out and I would tease my hair up into uh kitty cat ears and I would look at the thing and I would do little kitty cat makeup and everything. I put socks on my hands. Oh. Boy. Uh, I tied a bathroom, a bathrobe tie around my waist, uh, and I would do the entire show in my bedroom. I was 13 years old and very lonely. Well, clearly, <laughs> and I've, I've seen cats once, and it it scared the bejeebas out of well, me. Well, it's it was it was the creepiest thing I've I've ever been a part of. It's a weird musical, but but yes. watching but watching them. <laughs> Watching these bodies, like, do because it's a dance. It's nothing but dance, you know? And that's the part that always makes me go, like, I could never do that. So I have mad respect for it. No, I, I do have respect for it. Yeah. And I do want to see it. But just don't tell people. Don't put those two things in the same sentence. Well, they're not the same show. No, they're not the same show. Not the same, though. No, Illinois is, like, is, is Sufjan Stevens. Yes. And it will not scare you and give you nightmares. Well, 
in mind. Sometimes you should be still sad. go check it out. There, you should definitely check it out. But everyone needs a, sad. Everyone needs a good screamy dreamy every now and then. Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't need a screamy dreamy? A screamy dreamy. There we are. But, but you've been like you. You were just recently in Palm Springs. Yes, right? California. We had a conference about. Um, it was hosted by you know just some of the leaders within the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. focused on you know. The black and brown vote is diminishing Mm -hmm. drastically in a way that we haven't seen within the last 20 years or so. Um, Just just a few numbers out there. Trump is polling at a 28 percent with African-American men, which doesn't seem like a lot until you look at the the overarch of where a Republican typically polls. Yeah. And he's polling at a 38% with Latino men. And uh, the South Asian vote is right now not well Mm -hmm. Um, for various reasons, but in particular, especially the um, issues with with the, the Gaza Strip. Right. So it was really a conference not to say this is what we need to do to get out the vote. It was more so we want to talk to 30 leaders from across the country. Tell us what you feel. Yeah, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? What do you feel? What do you see? And I will say this as as a black leader. Uh I am so rarely asked what I'm hearing or how I feel. Uh, And that was something that we all kind of took in, is that it's very rare to ask people of color how we feel. What typically, really? yeah, in politics, especially what happens is, you know, you have, and, and I hate saying it this way, you have the elite white class of yeah, politicians yeah, no. and they tell us what we should care about. Mm-hmm. They tell us what we should vote for and they tell us why we should vote for them. Yeah. But no, very seldom do people ask us how we feel, what yeah. matters to, to us. You, yeah. And it was, it was a, it was a great moment to just be in that room to really talk about the issues that mean something to us. Mm-hmm. And and I hope that the, the National Party picks it up and, and we can turn these things around. Well, what are the issues that, were, that came up well, during the whole thing? Well, a, a lot of pandering. Um, when, when, when we talk about, especially black and brown voters, we only talk about us in election cycles. Yep. Every election cycle. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a bigger picture, when we talk about legislation, it is always black and brown legislation that gets pushed to the back burner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't impact everybody. Uh, so we'll. Huh. But when it does start impacting every, and the biggest, biggest glaring of this is the opiate crisis. Mm-hmm. The opiate crisis had been happening in black communities since the eighties, right? And it was well, lock them up, lock them up, lock right. them up. Mm-hmm. When it moved to the suburbs, that's when it turned into mental uh, health, compassion. Yep. We notice these things, yeah. and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So it, it's hard for me because I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm a proud Democrat, but I'm also a black man in America. Right. So there are moments where I'm I'm listening to a platform, and it's like this is not this is not going to go well. But no one's asking my opinion. Right. But I can tell you this is not going to go well. Yeah. And. I think to turn this around, because I like to always end on a positive. Right. We have to listen to black and brown people without making black and brown people the problem. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is really hard in the Democratic Party because it always happens is that when black and brown people raise concerns, we initially become the problem. And I will say with the LGBTQ community, we can, you know, our non-black and brown folks in the community can relate to it. When you look at the AIDS crisis, when the AIDS crisis was ignored in the in the late 80s and there were the uh protest and and the fallouts and the you know the act outs mm-hmm. gay people became the issue like they're disrupting the streets they're protesting but the issue was never gay people the issue was negligence to the aids crisis mm-hmm. and and that's the best way to to put all these things together people are very seldom the problem the problem is usually a root systemic issue that no one that is not impacting the greater arch of American society. So the people talking about it become the issue. Gotcha. It's, you know, it's uh, our friend Tanya Burchard was on last week and yes. she was talking about how um, when it comes to talking about issues of race, yes. when it comes to dealing with things about race, it pops up when there is a crisis always po- yeah and then we kind of as you said like it gets pushed to the back burner always you know always it, it I, I i hear exactly what you're saying i was saying actually during i believe the last two probably two election cycles mm-hmm. when the democrats go after the black and brown votes especially black women yes. who are the backbone of the democratic party mm-hmm. um what what gets done Correct. What gets done? There's like all of this, like there are all these promises and then and, and then nothing, nothing ever happens. happens. Nothing happens. No, no. And and we can even look at George Floyd and, and all the stuff that we wanted from that. Yeah. And without being glib, I feel like what we got was a lot of mouthpiece. We got body cams that weren't federally mandated. And we got an episode of the Golden Girls removed from Hulu. Which episode? It was it was the epi- no 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 it was the episode where uh, Dorothy's son is marrying the older black lady and Rose and Blanche had on a, a, a face mask and it was brown. Oh. And yeah, Hulu took that off for a while. Okay. But it's like that's not what we wanted. No no no, we want systemic change within yes. like policing. That's, that's <laughs> you know, it. They, they, put the episode sorry, back. Yeah, put the episode that's back. not what we want. Yeah. We love the Golden Girls, <laughs> yes. but wowza. But it always goes the other way, and it's like that's not what we asked for. No. That's not what we asked for. No. So, so this this meeting yeah. was productive. You very, felt very in terms productive. Of like I'm going to be heard. And- yes, I will be in D.C. Uh, in March to follow up. Um, and you know, for somebody that's a fear of flying, I have a lot of flying coming up. So I'm going to D.C. in March of next year. I'm going back to Palm Springs March of this year. I'm like, it's all happening. I'm like, girl, we're in 2024. Sleep at time. <laughs> no, March of March. I'm going to D.C. I'm going back to Palm Springs for uh, a, another meeting that I can't really talk about yet, but okay. I'll talk to you about great, it later. Great, great. Yep. But yeah, it we are going to be doing a lot of work to not just pander, but to say these are our wants, these are our needs, and, and damn it, we want them we now. We need them, yeah. yeah we need yeah, them. Because that, <laughs> that, I feel like that happens every election cycle. Yes. Is, uh, we, uh, the Democratic Party courts the, the, the voters of color. Yes. And the fill, all like, here are these promises, and then nothing happens. Correct. Nothing happens. But I was hoping that, like, 
if anything good came out of 2020 with the pandemic yeah. and everything was that like we are the the glaring like the food deserts that exist in the city yeah the disparities in health care like all of these things that were big issues that were popping up and we could actually see them happening yeah we could it's like, okay great let's, let's do something some. about this correct because when part of our city and part of our country is hurting all of us hurt absolutely when you do well by the most marginalized you do well by everybody yes I cannot say that enough. I know. Again, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's right. Kind of vibe. So we, right. have, we have a lot of work to do, and it's going to take everybody to lift those boats, but I believe it can be done. Okay. All right. I'm optimistic. All right. I appreciate your optimism there, Ken Mejia Beal. Uh, <laughs> we should probably take a break. Let's do it. We should take a break. Um, and when we come back. Girl. Yeah. I, I, I just don't even know if I have the words. I might cry. I will cry, get the tissues ready. Great. There we are. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. But hey, but before we go, this part about Chicago was brought to you by Team Hochberg. You know, if you've been turned down for a mortgage because of your credit or your credit is pre preventing you from purchasing a home, I got great news. Team Hochberg is helping listeners establish and enhance their credit so listeners can purchase a home. Woo. What? David will personally help the first 10 listeners establish or enhance their credit over the next three, six, nine, 12 months, or however long it takes to enhance your credit to secure a mortgage. If you're tired of renting, living in your parents' basement, or want to refinance uh, to pay off debt, but are trapped because you have no credit or your credit challenged, call David now at 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. David will personally work with the first 10 callers, so call him now. Team Hochberg has helped thousands of WCPD listeners establish and enhance their credit, but they can't help if you don't call 855-563-2843 or visit 56david.com. The number again is 855-563-2843 or visit 56david.com, lower.com, equal housing lender, NMLS 1124061. We are going to take a quick break while we're all reestablishing our credit. Yes. Uh, and when we come back, we... We're doing. We got to do it. Um, it's our gay show. We got to bow down to our gay queen, Madonna. Yes. Uh, so please stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Everybody, this is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take: Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, and you are listening to Out Chicago WCPT. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here. Ellen Miller is off this week, but that means we get to hang with Ken Mejia. Be he's back and happy to be here. Yes, Sunday, you Sunday. should hear all of the horrible things these two people have been saying about me <laughs> in the break. I have never felt more like Grandma Gay on, and on the planet. And you keep inviting me back. I do. I do. I'm a glutton for punishment. Y'all so are funny. horrible, horrible people. Devin, I'm the worst. You're the worst. Well, Devin's up there, too. Don't even know. Oh, now you're giving me a little Aww. swifty heart. Don't even give me a little swifty heart. We're going to talk about her later on, too, because everybody hates her. Well, not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah. Just, Just those, you know. The, the weird <laughs> Jesus. Carl. No, no. Jesus doesn't hate anybody. No, he loves everyone. He loves everybody. There yeah. we go. There we go. Yes. Um, so, this, uh, okay. So, this week, uh, this, I, 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 I'm going to be flummoxed the entire time it's trying okay. to talk about uh, Madonna. Madonna was in Chicago. Did she just do the two nights? She did two nights. She did two nights. You saw the, the Thursday show. Thursday show. I saw the Friday show. 
Um, the Friday show was quite a surprise for me. Okay. Because uh, it was literally my neighbor texted me like early in the week. She's like, hey, what are you doing Friday? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm off. She's like, well, what do you say we go down to the United, like ne- have dinner near the United Center and we'll just wait to see the ticket prices drop. Mm-hmm. And then we'll we'll just hop on and we'll grab a ticket. I'm like, um, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. okay, 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 sure. Like, let me think about it, because, you know, I'm watching my ducats. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. I know. You know. Right. And that sort of thing. And then she's like, I've got this. So we hopped in. We went down. We got tickets. Good for you. Yes. Um, it's an experience. Okay. It's an experience. Here, I know she is a controversial figure for many people. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, the entire experience was just glorious, just to it see the people. Um, yes, Devin, I probably saw your mom. She might have been one of the people. Did she get up and dance? Did your mom dance? I do not fully know. All right. Well, you need to, because the ladies who sat behind me were very, very mad that I decided to stand up. Oh. During the, I'm like, it's it's Madonna. My whole section was dancing the I whole know, time. I know. And there were people like to my left that were all dancing. There were people to the right that were, but we were in this weird you sort of boring no section. fun, poopy yeah. pants Karen. And this one gal who was behind me, she looked amazing. She was like, there were so many. There were so many middle-aged women with uh, lace bow, yes. like fascinators yes. on, little lace gloves. The cosplay was real. It was great. The gal behind me, she was all corseted, had a little tie on, mm-hmm. the, that whole look. And then they sat the entire time. Oh, sad. And, got, and were Just like sad. making really passive-aggressive things like, oh, great. Not like I didn't want to see the show. Everyone's like, well, then stand up. You're at a concert. It's Madonna. It's Madonna. For God's sake. You're sit. dancing. Yes. It's a dance concert. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If you want to sit, go see, like, Tony Bennett or something. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Well, he's dead now. Well, oh. Oh, he, yes. He I knew died, that. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. I think he died. Yes, he, d- he I died. Think he did, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's no longer with us. Okay. But, well, but some, no, Michael Buble. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to Michael say. Michael Buble. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like grasping here. Michael Buble Michael is pretty Buble. much is this a down kind of concert. Yes. Go it see is Michael kind of a Buble. concert. There yeah. you go. But uh, since it's very well established that I am the elder in the room, uh, I cannot begin to tell you what Madonna means to. I'm going to speak. I'll speak for me, and mm-hmm. I'm going to probably speak for my generation of Go gay men. It. Yes. I, I cannot begin to tell you what this woman means to us. Mm-hmm. It's so weird, you know, that we're we're putting all this this weight onto this a person, a celebrity, an artist. Yes. She, she truly is an artist. She's amazing. She's like I, I have not lived on Earth without Madonna. Wow. Oh, like yeah. I don't yeah. know a world without Madonna. Yeah. And, like the and, internet. Yeah. Yes. And and I grew up. You know, my mom was a huge fan. Uh-huh. Um, I, a fun fact, I was actually conceived after my mom saw the Virgin tour. <laughs> um, she went with my dad. And oh, wow. All right. Nine months well, later, Well, there we are. All righty. Come on now. So, that explains everything to yeah, you, that she got a gay kid right now. here I am. <laughs> but no, it, it was, I think, <sighs> Madonna means a lot to the gay community, whether you love her or hate her. Yeah. She's, she was an advocate for the gay community before being an advocate was popular or cool or meaningful, to be honest with you. And and she stood up for HIV and AIDS care Yeah, when folks were afraid to even talk about it. Yep. Um, she talked about AIDS when people were more afraid to come out 
and admit that they had AIDS mm-hmm. because it was better just to they were more afraid of the stigma attached with the disease that was killing them than dying themselves. Mm, well, well, a lot of people. A lot of people. Because yeah, the stigma but... was was horrible. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. It, 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 she gave, for me, I, so my grandparents were HIV AIDS activists, and I did not see happy gay people growing up. Yes. I saw sick gay people. I saw angry gay people. I saw depressed gay people. And I remember sneaking in and watching um, Truth or Dare Mm -hmm. and seeing gay people like traveling the world and being happy and kissing each other. It it changed my life. And I'm going to get off my little box now, but it changed my life. No, you should. Because, okay, so Madonna popped on the scene when I was in seventh grade. Okay. Like that. So I, when I was starting to like, those formative years, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're talking like like a virgin, material girl, like all of those like initial bubblegum things that she yeah. and she was just scandalous, like the whole VMA things, but you know, with the wedding gown yeah. and like writhing around on the floor, and everyone's like oh, shocked and scandalized, blah. but for the exact same reasons that you just said, Madonna was the first person who told this little gay boy in suburban St. Louis mm-hmm. that it's okay. Yes. That it was okay to be gay. That it is not only okay, it should be celebrated. Correct. And that uh, sexuality should be celebrated. And talked about. And talked about. It, it's <laughs> important. We put so much, ta- so many taboos on these topics. Yes. And she was like, she's going to talk about them. And every time she kind of, she busted through another barrier with every like especially like the late 80s early 90s when Mm -hmm. she just was like just churning them out and i will say this i think the reason that madonna is so hated is because she literally puts a mirror up to all of us and says this is who you are um and even when you go online if anytime you mention her name there's a bunch of people that immediately attack her age always 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 Yeah, yeah yeah And it's really just a reflection of your ageism, of your fear of getting old, or your hatred of her for not aging the way you want her to. Yeah. Like, the yeah. reasons people hate Madonna are intrinsically their own. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. yeah. I even had somebody who, who, I, who I adore come on. Like, I was like, I posted a little thing. I'm like, you guys, I'm, I'm about to see Madonna. Oh, I saw I'm, it. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and they were like, mm, she's done more with people. She's like, for somebody who has no talent, she's gone very, very far. Basically kind of was the yeah. gist of the whole thing. I'm like, wait, I what? saw it. I know. And I'm like, wait, why would you, first of all, why would you just come over to my, my page and like have to write, write all this stuff. If you yes. don't like her, just don't comment. Fine. Move on. Don't yuck my yum. Yeah. You know, but I, she, I think it's, she's looking at, she's, she had taken, I'm trying to come back to this whole idea about her being an artist and right. the way that her career path, she's always trying to push boundaries. She's always trying to start conversations. Now, when she opens her mouth, sometimes what comes out is like, what, what, yeah, what? It's weird. It's weird. It's strange. <laughs> there was that whole phase when she thought she was British for a little bit and well, she spoke, spoke with that dialect kind of thing. once you live over there, you pick up stuff. Yeah, but... You want to fit in. Girl, you're from Detroit. I, I mean, know. come on. Come on, Madge. I know. You know. But 
Yeah. But in in terms of uh, uh, an artist and as a yeah. performer, there the show I had never been. This was my very first Madonna show. I and yeah. it probably will be. The, let's be truthful. It'll probably be Don't the last. You speak that. It'll be the last of that kind, of what that was, because it was a celebration tour celebrating four okay. decades yes, of, of work. It was very. I loved how she was trying to navigate. Um, how do I do some of my earlier songs when I'm like how I am a 65 year old woman? How can I sing like a virgin? It was well done. You know, it was it was well fun. Done. Like it was really it was really interesting and. And still push the envelopes to talk about like people don't like her because she's a woman, a strong Correct. woman. Yes, that's it's it. just full on misogyny. And now, as we are going, as she's getting older, as we all are, yes, the ageism is creeping in. And as you said, she is not aging the way people want her to age. And that's the problem. Yeah, she's not living up to the expectations that you made for her. No, she's living up to her own <laughs> yes. expectations. And I. I it, I I just don't know how to explain it. It was it was very important for me to to see her, and it's I know it sounds goofy and it sounds not to me a little weird, but like literally I I was crying for about the first ten minutes of the oh, show. Well, anytime I, I see Madonna, uh, I leave feeling liberated. Yeah, I leave feeling liberated because she's owned the fact that she's not the best vocalist in the world, and she's not the best songwriter, and she's not the best. But what she does is she does the best that she can. And gives us some really good artwork. Oh, yeah. And it's beautiful and it's thought provoking and it's genius. And, and I, I think that's art in itself. Oh, yes. One thousand percent. It's art in itself. Yeah. One thousand percent. Like watching the show, the one of the big moments that I think hit everybody was yes. when she did Live to Tell. Yeah. Um, and It punched me in the stomach. Yeah. Because that, that was, what was the... I forget the name of the movie that it was from. Uh, cl at Close Range. Vision Quest. No, no. No, At Close Range Vision I don't think Quest? it's at Close Range. It's like, I want to say it's like The Scarecrow and Mrs. King, but that's not right. It was Sean. I think it, it was, was a Vision Sean Penn Quest. movie. No, Vision Quest was the wrestler at movie. At Close Range. I feel like I'm stuck with these two because Crazy it's for You, I think, was Vision Quest. Okay, thank you. That's what they use in that. Okay. But, uh, but it was a Sean Penn continue, movie. But yeah. anyway, but it, you know, with the set, was it was the production values, of course, were. Brilliant. Stunning. Yeah. Bob the Drag Queen. Shut up. French Kiss. Yeah. Love her. She was actually on our show right after she was crowned. I know. From Drag Race. Uh, but she, during when she sang Live to Tell, mm -hmm. um, throughout the entire song, images like gradually appeared of the people that we lost to AIDS. Yes. And it just grew and, and it grew. Was, and it and started grew. out with like the... You know, like your your Keith Haring's, yes. your Freddie Mercury's, yes. your Rock Hudson's, yes. and then it evolved into just regular old folks. Yes. And there were just so many, a lot of people, a lot of people, and that to me is huge. Massive. Because I think that a lot of younger people, and not to say there were a lot of younger people that were actually at that show, because I was hanging out with Devin's mom, you know. But, I was hanging out with Devin's mom too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But I think they don't get that's it. what people don't really, they don't really understand. No, what the AIDS crisis mm -hmm. was was like at the height of the of the epidemic. It was a horrible time. 
It was a horrible time, and she was one of the few people, as you said, to stand up, yes, to support the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. to support people living with HIV, yes, to get people to register to vote, yes. She was she was doing her her thing, and she she spoke about safe sex, which yeah, we didn't talk about sex in my house, and um, it was. Like, I, I learned about safe sex from watching Madonna videos and watching, hearing her interviews, because in my house, which was, you know, slightly, I mean, by, my grandparents were definitely activists, but mm-hmm. with me, I was still a kid. Right. So they did not talk about it right. with me, and I had to learn from other ways, and I I am thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. thankful for that, that somebody was talking about it in such a way that wasn't shameful yeah like that yeah sex don't do it like oh yeah, okay it was more sex <laughs> is something that should be done and should be celebrated yeah. and should be done safely yes you know that was that it's was like a, it's an enjoyable experience or at least yeah. it should be let's talk about it and let's talk about how we can protect ourselves i think that's that was the best approach yeah yeah, I mean, she. It was just. It was just very important, and then to watch her just change and evolve over the years. Like, who, there's so much, so much freedom. Yes. Behind, like, who do I want to be today? Yes. You know that kind of vibe, uh, and to watch her through the eras the show went through, like her coming to New York, yeah, and then with thirty five dollars, thirty five dollars <laughs> that Bob was through it, people, yeah, um, and then being able to move just through that and to see like how she evolved as an artist, the music that she wanted to express herself with to yeah. be <laughs> express I, herself kind of vibe. But. And, and I love the juxtaposition because I think the boxers were supposed to represent, they were boxers and fighting. And I think that was supposed to represent the media who have always beat up on her pretty badly and, and, and coming out from that. It was just a lot of subliminal stuff that I thought was really, really brilliant. Yeah. Like just brilliant. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it was, and, and they figured out how, like, here's, she's 65 years old. She is. She's 65 and she put on a two plus hour show. I needed a nap. I, I got in the car from dancing and I said, I'm going to take a I'm sleep. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yes. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but I'm like, it's like, so haters going to hate. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm going to say this again. The reason you hate Madonna has something to do with you and has nothing to do with her. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, it has something to look, do with you. That is any. <laughs> that is the whole thing behind hate. Yes. You know, that is why when you hate something, it is about you. It's not about you. About what's going on. It's usually about you. Mm-hmm. Usually. But you, if you get a chance, check out the show. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, I'm going uh, again. I'm going again. You are. I'm going to Cleveland. Oh, is she going. Is she's. Yes. Oh. Oh, yes. That's why you're going to Cleveland. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know, know how many Madonna shows I got left, oh, so I'm, right. I'm yucking it up, buddy. Well, there we go. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. It was amazing. It was special. It. Um. Yeah, she just created this whole experience. And the thing that was very interesting that I was kind of like, whoa, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Because there were a couple of nods to Beyonce. Yeah. Which was great because Beyonce actually had some stuff up there. So she 
clearly was okay with her yes, saying like absolutely. Madonna is the greatest and how her tour was supposed to launch last February yes. but she got sick and she couldn't which also coincided then we have like the Renaissance tour and then yes. Taylor Swift the Eras tour mm-hmm. which were kind of like it felt the celebration tour felt like an amalgamation of those two things and it was cuz Renaissance was all about uh celebrating black queer artists yes. and the the legacy of black queer folks in pop music Absolutely. and in culture and Taylor Swift era's tour was about her different era so it was kind of yes. a thing and and watching Madonna who was supposed to go out before them Yes. Like it felt, you know, that was the thing I'm like, I where think she this was... was right. This, this, and, and I do want to say Madonna's done a lot, not just for, for queer culture, but black queer culture as well. Like when you, I've gone to see her hundreds of times and every time I go, her, her band is usually 100% black. She employs a lot of black folks around her. Mm-hmm. And, and as a white artist, I can say that she's always appreciated black culture without appropriating it to some degree. To some, to degree, some degree. Although she did come in Trust and me, nab, not, nab some Vogue. There's some, <laughs> you know, there's right some, there. listen, there's some red flags there. Yes. But I, I do believe that at her core, she genuinely appreciates uh, a lot of aspects of black culture and queer culture. Yeah. And doesn't just try it on and then throw it away when she's done with it, i.e., you know, Miley Cyrus. I think she actually appreciates our culture. Yes, and I appreciate her. And I like Miley Cyrus, so don't tweet me or anything, but I I just... A girl, but if I hear that song, when we were (laughs) young or whatever, we were young then or whatever the hell... Oh, I know. She's like, what, 30? Yes! I'm like, shut up, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, it gets worse. (laughs) <laughs> like it gets worse. It just gets more creaky. Yeah, is like, what it does. You wait. Just you wait. When you were, <laughs> now you're not. You were crazy because you were young. Oh, yeah. Sh- stop it. Wait baby. until you eat pizza after seven p.m. and it repeats on oh, you. Oh dear lord, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> yeah. thing. That's a whole thing. You know, well, we, maybe we should take a break and I'll run to get a little little get pepto, some rollades, get some rollades and everything. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, more out of Chicago right after this. I'm Israel Wright with National Gay and Lesbian Sports Hall of Fame. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ken Mejia Beal. Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day. And next week is uh, the Super Bowl. Big Super Bowl. Do you care? I always care. Do you? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. How do you not? It's the Super Bowl. Very easy. It's very easy to not care. Do you even watch for the commercials, Scott? I do. Well, I do watch for the commercial. I like the commercials, and I love the the concert. Ursher. That's going to be a great show. I've already seen the Victoria Beckham, David Beckham Uber Eats commercial. If you have not checked it out, it is hilarious. Okay. It is really funny. Uh, How clothed is David Beckham? Very. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. David yeah. Beckham used to have a line of underwear that he uh, had at H&M. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I think that if you buy David Beckham underwear and you put them on, you should immediately transform into David Beckham. Like, wouldn't that be great? That'd be great. If that's what you're into. Oof. You know, some of us like a bear, so. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. the Chicago Bears aren't going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, yeah but that's. Not in my lifetime. No, 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 no. So it's uh, San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. And Ursher. Yes. Ursher. You're doing good so far. I know. I'm proud of you. I know. Yes. I know. Uh, I love Usher. 
Usha, Usha, he has Usha. a great catalog. When you when you, he has I, a, he's got a great everything. You know a, what I mean? Like he could stand there in the middle of the field with just his shirt blowing in the wind, and I'd be like, "And that's way to go." That's gonna happen. Usha. I know it is, and I'm hoping Little John shows up so he can scream. That's absolutely gonna I happen. I want Little John and Ludacris to show up. That is, you know, fun fact. I wanted to. So Usher has this huge festival every year, the Lovers and Friends Festival. Yes, and I so badly oh wanted to gosh, go. Oh my gosh, the lineup this wait year. List. The lineup this year is. Amazing. I'm on the wait list. I know. Last year, too, the Missy Elliott was there last I, it, year. I am so upset with myself for not jumping on it. But no. but the, this Super Bowl is going to be great. And it's it's going to be great. And I don't it, know if you're rooting for anyone, but I'm. No, well, okay. I'm, I'm rooting for, rooting for uh, Taylor and Travis. That's what I'm, who I'm okay. rooting for. I mean, okay. look. I'm rooting for Kansas City also, but for different reasons. Okay, cool, but, yeah. cool, cool. He's going to act like he didn't call him Tyler. I, like, stopped, I had to, I fact-checked. You asked us, and we both were like, Tyler? <laughs> it was a moment. Stop. I don't know. Who like, Tyler I know. who? Look, all I know is that people are really, really, really mad mm -hmm. for some reason at Tay-Tay for just showing up. Well, it, so this is something that I think people have to remember. America hates women. And, yes, and we have yes, to yes, just yes, yes, keep yes. repeating that. America hates women, and America hates women that don't know their place. And I'm using bunny ears yeah, for yeah, those yeah. that can't uh -huh, see me. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Anytime, anytime a female celebrity dates an athlete, they get crap for it. Well, okay. Anytime. Yes. Mm. Tell me when. When it hasn't happened. And don't say Simon Biles because she is an athlete also, so it doesn't count. Uh, well, I can't. You're asking me to pull sports figures well, out. Saying, what I'm, but what okay, I'm yeah. saying here, mm -hmm. but also you've got a pretty blonde pop singer mm -hmm. who's dating an NFL superstar. Mm -hmm. That right there should be GOP candy. That is like, look, there's nothing more all American. You know, it is like the cheerleader and the football player. Like that whole thing. And, and of course, they're white and yes. blonde. Yes. You know, like that whole thing. There's, and that, for that that should be historically. That has been like ah, that's what the yes, that is America. That is American values. Until you and, look deeper, and Travis has been um, a, a very good advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement. Yep. And you look at uh, um, um, oh God, what is her name? Taylor Swift. Yes. Whoa, um, <laughs> Taylor, and she's been an advocate for LGBTQ rights, equality, voter rights. So then it's like, okay, yeah, GOP, they hate it. It's horrible. Well, I know, but it's <laughs> but it's so it's so funny how quickly that ideal that is what they want to like return to. If they're talking about going to back to the fifties, like that's what it was. This is Mayberry. That is, and <laughs> we are here. I know. It's like, look, you've got the cheerleader and the football star. Yeah. That it should be amazing. It should be candy. But because of those reasons. But the thing that's that's really that I just don't understand is they're just mad at her for showing up. Yep. They're mad at her for just being they for are. her just sitting there. They're, they are mad at her. Yes. You know? Angry. They're like, angry. Why is she on camera? And let me say this, I have a strong feeling that she probably does not want to be on camera. No, she would probably she to go and, like, really watch like the to just game. sit in this because she's up in a suite. Yeah, she's having a good time. She probably does not want to be on camera. Right, but they but they know fight the real enemy, America. Blame right. the cameraman. <laughs> but that sells tickets. It also you know brings in revenue and all that good I, stuff and interest. I get it, of course. But I'm it's, not bothered by it. I'm not bothered by it either. But <laughs> like, it's just whatever. so it's it's kind of boggles the mind and and the way that people are talking about it mm -hmm. 
Um, again, and especially like if, if you've got kids or something to be sitting there and just being mad for a woman simply existing. And your kids are watching. And your kids are watching. And they're listening. That, that that's a big problem. Especially when it's somebody who like who Look, Taylor Swift has gone from being like a star to being like some celestial she's body yeah. where like that has her own orbit. Like she, it is yeah. it's she's gotten it, big. It, it, and and like this past year alone, mm-hmm. she how many was it like eight billion dollars that she was able that her tour contributed she, to the US economy? She's, made, she's done you know, I'm not I'm not a, a, a Swifty. Um, I can name a few of her songs. I think some of them are catchy. Oh, same. She writes a very catchy like tune. She, she makes catchy yep. music. But what I respect about her is she's taken the talent that she does have and she's grown it. And she's made herself a brand. And she's taken that brand and really pushed for early voting and helping young. She's pushing herself to do good things to for do society. Good things, yeah. so, With one Instagram post, she yeah. had 35,000 people registered to vote. Absolutely. Based on that. Every city that she has gone to on this tour, she makes a large donation yes. to food banks. Yes, she does. You know, she has stimulated the economies of cities all over this country. There are people in other countries like, please come so people will buy things and come and visit us and tourism yes. and our hotels and our restaurants and all that. Will, will... She's, she's doing some good. And I think at a deeper level and... I might get crap for this later, so I'm not going to apologize for it. But I do think that in this country, marginalized folks, I'm going to put women in that category for this particular moment, it's hard for them to look up to someone and admire someone and to see so many girls admiring Taylor Swift. And I think she's probably a really good human being. Oh, yeah. That makes me happy. Like, they have someone to look up to that is really doing good work and is talented and and is not just there for shock value is what i'm trying to say in the pc way yeah i think that's awesome yeah i think and she has like a real body and she has real thoughts and i think it's good for young girls to look up to her so what the hell's the problem i do i don't get it i think she's a great role model i know but conservative media has just gone and lost their minds they're floating conspiracy theories that she was hired by the Biden campaign to... I saw that. Do, I'm like, wait, what? As if the Biden campaign could afford her. I know, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's, I mean, yeah. the Biden campaign is texting me three times a day at this point. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think they can afford it. I know. It's like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's, but, uh, yeah. It's just, it, why can't you just let people just, like... I know I just spent a whole time talking, like putting Madonna up on a pedestal, but like, why don't you just let her live, let her do her thing? Because she's infringing on the football the, by being. But there. they don't like the NFL because they want to like because yeah, Black Lives Matter. Watching. They stop watching. I don't get it. Anyway, it's all very, very confusing. <laughs> uh, but we're, we'll try to sort it out uh, in the next hour. We need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, it is the second hour about Chicago right here on WCPT. 
I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ken Mejia Beal. Second hour. Hour number two. Ellen Miller, she'll be back next week. She next is week. she is on a blues cruise, as she is wont to do. That woman always travels with five harmonicas. I I Every, love her travel. No matter photos. where she goes. Yeah. Like no, but I mean just like in she's her a car. One woman band. She like, is. She's, she's ready. She's doing it. So she's 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 cruising for a blues. I mean, we're gonna have to say. do a Bonnie Ray cover one day when when we are here together. Heck yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. I will sit there and I will I will <laughs> turn my little camera light on. There on my phone light. There we are. Just yes. wave it back and forth. Yeah. There we are. While you, I'm gonna let her know we're gonna do a rendition of "I Can't Make You Love Me." She'll play harmonica. I'll sing the vo- I'll sing the lyrics. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I think our listeners will hate it. They but... would. They would love it. They would love it. They would love it. You know, hey, we, what they're gonna love is this, this next hour yes, coming up. Are. A little bit later on this hour, uh, we're gonna be speaking with uh, Blanche. Blanche. Devereaux. Devereaux. Uh, herself, well, no, actor Vince uh, Kelly is going to be coming on because uh, he's a part of the uh, Golden Girls Left's Continue that's coming to the yes. Broadway Playhouse. Can't wait. Uh, I know. But look, here's, I, I'm sad that I have not been able to get to see this yet. Mm. Have you ever been to the, you've been to the Lyric? Of course Opera? I have. Oh my gosh. There's something so amazing and so grand about being in it's the that opera house mm-hmm. and seeing this world that is unfolding before you and have all of that music wash over you. Mm-hmm. And right now, Lyric Opera of Chicago is presenting the Chicago premiere of Champion, Terrence Blanchard's Opera in Jazz. It's based on the true story of welterweight boxer Emil Griffith. Uh, Rough life, <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's being horrible. tortured, like uh, decades long guilt from defeating a challenger in the ring, who he who died mm-hmm. because of, the, of that fight, and he was desperately conflicted about his feelings regarding his own sexuality. It's, in, I love this story; it's an incredible story, yes, it is. and the opera has been getting. Amazing reviews. And joining us now is uh, singer Martin Luther Clark. Martin, welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, good. Having a little trouble hearing you right now. Oh no! Oh, there, oh, there we you go. go. Welcome. That was fun. I was like, Martin's underwater. <laughs> he can do anything. Look, he can sing. He can sing underwater. Think this is incredible. First of all, congratulations. The reviews are cuckoo bananas. Amazing for this production. How does it feel to be a part of this? Gosh, thank you so much. It feels it feels really amazing, honestly. I mean, it's an honor to be such to be part of such a show and to be invited back after graduating the Ryan Opera Center um, last summer and to be with this amazing cast. We've all just been having a blast backstage and on stage, like uh, all the heart wrenching moments, and then the laughter to like double dutching in the middle of rehearsal. It's it's been it's been a time. <laughs> well, wait, you taking time out to double dutch? You know, when we have a good, like, what, 15-minute break in between uh, rehearsal periods? Yes. All right. I love this. Brought out their double Dutch jump rope. Yes. I and love this. Yes. I was absolutely horrible at it. Um, <laughs> <I'm just gonna> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> 
You know there is a there's a double dutch league here in Chicago that was started by women uh, who were 40 and over and there's this huge double d- dutch league but I digress. Anyway, wow. sorry. Uh, but uh look, I first encountered the story of Emil Griffith uh, in the play uh, Man in the Ring. Uh, it was done at the Court Theater here in Chicago a couple years ago. Um and I found this story just to be just really compelling and heart-wrenching. When did you first encounter uh, Emil Griffith? Hmm, that's a really good question. I remember hearing buzz of the name growing up a little bit, um, but not much because I was never really the athletic type. Yes, same. <laughs> um, so I knew this about you know him being in the ring and then unintentionally killing uh, Benny Perrette. But it wasn't until my adult life, really, when this story came up, that I found out he was a queer man of color. Mm-hmm. So that was something I really, of course, resonated with, just as one myself. And it gained more a sense of um, it being special to really portray the story and to really do it justice. Yeah, and one of the ways that... Um that I've uh, that I've been reading about with this with this particular show of of Champion, uh, the this opera in jazz is that there are three different singers portraying Griffith throughout his life. You play his son mm. later later in life, um, and the Trib was just saying, you know, usually you see this like they've divided up into three different people, and you feel kind of like three different stories, but this mm. feels like a continuous arc, like they basically pass the baton off to each other and they they take it and and it really really hits um what are first of all talk to me about this whole idea of an opera in jazz yeah, like what that was my question. what does that mean necessarily <laughs> an opera in jazz well in my mind, I kind of consider it a new subgenre of opera. It's really when the two genres meet. So you have operatic singers, but with um, jazz, like, mm, the freedom to explore in a jazz style. So Terrence Blanchard has been wonderful in just allowing us to kind of mm, recreate the lines, if you will, that would fit our voice. So there's that kind of improvisational aspect of jazz in that. There are some jazz chords in there that get very kind of fun. Uh Um, kind of if you will so it doesn't sound like your stereotypical opera or like your traditional opera which I think has really perked up audiences ears because it's something different and something new and innovative and just catching and with it being in English and an American story there's more there's more possibilities of connection with Mm -hmm. the audience it's not language barrier there of having to read super titles you know look up and then look down and then look at the stage again you know it's not overwhelming yeah what are the okay here's here's a little uh audience hack for for when you go to the opera get kind of a soft focus like so you can kind of read this thing like you can take it all in you don't have to keep going up and down and looking all over just and you know what if you miss a couple words that's fine because the music is going to give you some emotion right there and let you know what's going on it really is um kind of uh it's its own particular uh, art form, just and also being an audience member is its own art form, just to kind of allow yourself to let it wash over. Because I think people get scared when they hear opera, you know, like, oh, this isn't for me. This is highfalutin. It's going to be, you know, in you know, French or Italian or whatever it is. Uh, but to right. actually, but it, this sounds so 
uh, accessible and a and as you were saying, like an innovation and a, like a modern twist yes. on what would be considered <laughs> traditional opera. For sure. Well, truth be told, I used to make fun of opera singers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Just bring me up now, but I'll admit it. I used to make fun of opera singers and ask, like, why would anyone want to sing like that? But um, it wasn't until I just became curious later in life and started singing in choirs and then taking piano lessons and being introduced to more classical music. Um, where I realized, wow, this is actually a very majestic art form, mm-hmm. and there's something very there's something very supernatural about it. I have my my undergrad voice teacher back at the University of North Texas. He's retired now. Uh, the name of Dr. Stephen F. Austin. He would say, singing is not natural. Singing is supernatural. And when you stop and think about just like the windpipe and how it's about what. Uh, but the size of a, of a quarter almost, you know, like yeah, that yeah. round of a quarter. And on that, uh, in that space are just two tiny little pieces of flesh that vibrate and is able to cut through an 80-piece orchestra and like a 60-plus chorus. Like there is something very supernatural about that, at least for me, acoustically. Yeah. Oh, same for me. When you were saying, like, who wouldn't sound like that? I'm like, sign me up. I mean, it, <laughs> to watch these, like, this power and, like, a person is making that sound. I think it's, it's, it's beautiful. jaw-dropping. Yeah. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you play uh, uh, Emile's son. So what has that been? What is the journey of your character, and how has that been for you to portray that? Well... My journey for that, you know, there's not there's not much out on there about Luis from what I could tell in my research. So I was thinking to myself, like, how would I, you know, really react or be in this type of situation? Um, and what do I have? What experiences in my life do I have to really pull from? So I remember my my two aunts. Uh, one aunt is my other aunt's caretaker. Um, and I remember just watching them, you know, going through the frustration of, you know, miscommunication or not being able to maintain, you know, a schedule or something like yeah. that. And just, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but just to clarify for the listeners, it's because mm-hmm. Emil Griffith later in life suffered from dementia that was brought on by boxing and and depression. And I, I have my own dementia story there, but please continue with yours. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, 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 no worries. Um, so, yes, my, my aunt, who is the um, the one who needs caretaking, she has Down syndrome. Oh, okay. And so it's just, I know it's not the same as someone going through dementia, but that level of love, care, and attention is still very much there. And I remember witnessing just the highs and lows of that, but the through line of love that still exists. So it's okay to be a bit frustrated in times because it's a lot of weight on the caretaker. And that was the challenge given to me to just show that, to show everyday life, but the frustration of when things start to get a little tense, but then also the calming down and remembering, I love this person Mm -hmm. and I care for this person. I care for this person. Mm, Yeah, that's that's deep. (laughs) No, it's deep. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, So... How, what have, what have been, have you been able to get like feedback from audiences? Like what, what has been the response been like? Oh gosh, the response, the responses have been just overwhelmingly positive. Um, I mean, I remember the, the final dress rehearsal that we had, where I think we had like what, over 600 kids. Oh wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Gosh. Yes. That is a lot. <laughs> and I, you know, a whole bunch of kids that 
they'll just come out there and hear, well, F me sideways. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. What a wake up call. (laughs) You're you're doing something good. Right. (laughs) And so, um, when I, when we take our, our bows and things, I mean, the audience just roars and screams. And so many people have come up to me with their hands over their hearts and say how impactful it was, how just emotional it was in such a good way and eye-opening. And to me, that's just a sign that I'm I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I need to be doing. And I feel that the universe is using me mm-hmm. for, for healing, for healing in a very special way. Because music heals of yeah, all yes, genres. Call me biased, but I especially think classical music and opera really heals. I mean, it's such a strong, palpable, profound vibration that is being produced. And it really impacts people. It touches us. It does. It does. And this story is, it feels so... um it, it's it's the American dream, you know. Yes. You have you have a young man who becomes this success, has this horrible incident. Ha- I mean, it's it's an American dream turns into American tragedy, and mm-hmm. like it really is just it, it's a profound story. It, it, and I will say this: I'm not I'm probably not the typical opera goer. Uh-huh. Um, because I'm a chicken fingers and French fries guy, but just, <laughs> no, I am. But this is something that I'm excited to see because I, it's relatable. Um, it, it's, it's, and I think that's what will probably make this great and probably why you have the response from the audience that you do because it is so relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, in addition to uh, the performances of, of Champion that is running through the 11th through mm-hmm. next Sunday, um, there's additional programming that is surrounding the production, uh, looking at the queerness in opera. And are, are you participating in any of those, Martin? Well, I really hope to participate in the drag night at the opera. Yes, that's coming up <laughs> at the center on Halstead, right? <laughs> That is going, uh, I believe so, on uh, February 6th on Tuesday, where Dr. Lady J comes to the Lyric and Drag Night. Okay. Okay. So what, do you know what is being explored with the the Drag Night? You know, I think it is a, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say a play on, but like shedding light on the light that Emil had in secret. Okay. You know, oh, well, okay. To these clubs and the um, the dark, shadowy places and things where he found himself to be at home uh, with his queer folks. Yep, life on the down, though. Yeah, as it were. It, Can, uh, exactly. So when folks uh, run to the Lyric Opera Chicago to go see Champion, that's uh, now running through the eleventh. What is it that? What's that one thing that you hope people will take away from from this experience? Hmm that that queer people have been around all this time and we're also not going anywhere. <laughs> but that we are also people, sometimes even in secret, that we look up to, people that we revere, whose content we consume, whether it be music, movies, acting, or sculpting, or you know whatever it is that's consumable. We've all been here and... We have, I mean, we, we, we bleed, we eat, we laugh, we love, we cry all the same. And we all deserve a place to be here as equals. 
Amen to that. Yes. Amen to that. Well, I'm going to say toy, toy, toy to you, my friend Martin Luther Clark, uh, as you continue your run of Champions uh, that is now at the Lyric Opera Chicago through February 11th. For more information about all of the additional programming that's going on, because uh, there's a whole thing about drag and, and there are a couple other events that are going to be ha- popping up, uh, head over to lyricopera.org. Martin Luther Clark, thank you so much for taking time off today. I know you had a show last night. Yes. Um, so uh, thank, you <laughs> thank you for joining us today of and course, much success for the rest of the run here in Chicago. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's what we hope for. Uh, again, toy, toy, toy to Martin Luther Clark. That's what you say to fancy people in the opera. Got it. Got there it, we man. are. There we are. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to be thanking everybody for being a friend. Yes. There we are. So please stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Welcome back. I'm improviser Matthew Van Colton. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ken Mejia Beal. We should keep that song rolling along. That was great. <laughs> Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. Yeah, Vogue. It's too early. No. Never too early. Fair. All I'm right. sober. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you are. Yes. And also, I want to thank you for being a friend. And I want to thank you for being a friend. You know, you traveled down the road and back, and back again. again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a, and confidant. a confidant. What? We got yes. this. We, we got this. <laughs> We're so excited. Look, the love of the Golden Girls keeps on going. It's, it is the perennial favorite. Yes. Especially for the gays. I mean, uh, all we right, love. there we are, and the, they're going to keep on flowing as Golden Girls: The Last Continue begins its run uh, with Broadway in Chicago at the Broadway Playhouse on February sixth, uh, going through the the twenty fifth right here in Chicago. And joining us now is Blanche Devereux herself, well, ish, yes. uh, Vince Kelly. Vince Kelly, Vince, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you for taking time out to join us today. You're yeah. you're on the road right now, aren't you? Aren't you like in Texas? I am in Dallas, Texas, sitting in the beautiful Sky Lounge of the AT&T Performing Arts Center, wearing a full face of makeup and a disgusting makeup-stained robe. Oh, talking to you, gentlemen. Like a true actor. There <laughs> you are. It wouldn't be a Sunday without being a, a full beat-out face and a crappy robe on. Yes, I love it. That's so right. how is, first of all, A, how's the show going and how did the whole thing come about? Well, um, it's going wonderful. It's going so great. This is, we're just kind of uh, on week two of our 2024 leg of the tour. Uh, Some of us have been with it for about a year and a half now. Um, But yeah, we're like really starting to really get into it now. And it's it's going so well. It's super fun. Um, uh, It started kind of during the pandemic, which is so nice to think that such fun things could come from the pandemic, right. but mm-hmm. we were all sitting, chilling with nothing to do. Um, and the producers were like, we want a Golden Girls show. So we kind of scoured of some existing material that was out there and they were like, you know what, let's just do it ourselves. So we found a little author and, and just kind of built the show up. And then as soon as it was safe, we hit the ground, started casting and, and working it all out. And we've been kind of going ever since. And this was in, was this in Detroit? 
Yeah, yeah. So the production company is based in Detroit, Murray and Peter Presents. You might be familiar with them if you've ever seen, like, A Drag Queen Christmas or War in the Catwalk or any of their, like, phenomenal drag shows that they produce. So that's kind of like their background. So obviously when the Golden Girls came along, it was going to be four men you know, portraying them. Of course. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah, that goes without saying. So have you been with the show from the beginning? I have been. I really have been, which is just, like, so great. I got to kind of handpick what part I wanted to be. I'd work with the producers a few years back on uh-huh. a different project, and, and it was super fun to come on the on the ground level and just kind of see the show since it's, like, full inception, and it's just so exciting to now be, like, really hitting our stride, playing a city like Chicago for, like, this huge month-long residency is just, like, something I, I didn't think was ever going to happen. But yeah. every time I say, like, it can't get any bigger, it gets bigger, so I'm just going to stop talking now. It's no, it's so amazing. I'm like, and the Broadway Playhouse is one of my favorite venues Same. in the city. It's great. It's like big, but still very it's intimate. intimate. Yeah. You know, it's lovely. It's perfect for this. What do you, okay, well, first of all, tell us a little bit about this show, uh, The Golden Girls, The Laughs Continue, because it is a parody of the show, mm-hmm. uh, but there's yeah. been some updates. What's going on with it? Yeah. So what's kind of fun about our show is it is an all new script. I mean, like I love Helena Handbag and David and his whole team. Mm-hmm. And they do these phenomenal parodies where it's kind of they take a bunch of episodes and they put them all together in a fun, creative way. Mm-hmm. And like I'm obsessed with, with that and those kind of shows. But what's fun is that the golden verse is huge. So you can have a lot of different things going on. Our show is a whole new script. It's as if it's still on the air 2024. The girls never left. They're still doing it. Oh. They've moved from like cable network to like a streaming site so that we can say some things that you can't say on network television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but it's just, it's like their wardrobe never changed. The house is the same, but they're talking about, you know, what's going on today. Love so it's kind of it. It's a whole new original script. I love it. I love it. And how, how has, well, first of all, so you play Blanche. Every America's favorite, favorite Southern Belle, my we, favorite. we all love. Um, <laughs> what, what, are, what have you found since you've been, you know, playing her for it sounds like a year and a half? You know, what, uh, where, uh, how, what are the things like? What are the what makes Blanche tick? Well, men. Yes. Um, yes so you know, yes. relatable. There we, we go. have that in common. Um, <laughs> uh, here's what I love about here's what I love about Blanche. Blanche, you know is the butt of the joke very often, but she's also, she never gets upset. She's the first one to laugh about it. She owns it. She's like that original, you know, Samantha from Sex in the City or mm-hmm. something. Like, she's like, you can get, yes. She's like, I am a slut. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. She wears it with such a badge. And I think that that's super fun. And I think that that's like one of the great reasons why she, you know, resonates with the gay community. And I say that, of course, with all the love, but like, you know, we're, we're, it's, we're it's 2024. We don't slut shame anymore. You know what I mean? So yes, like, right. I just think it's great. She was, she was kind of doing that in the, you know, 1985 when that wasn't, you know, how a woman could behave or act or talk about their sexuality or something. So I just, I think she's super fun and 
and the accent is just so over the top and ridiculous. That's always, you know, such a good time as well. So, yeah, I just love it. And she has the best costume, so. Oh, all right. Come of on now. Of course she does. I, no, of course. Come on. There's got to be some, you know, <laughs> paillettes involved going on there. What, uh, what oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we you know, we, you kind of touched upon a little bit of the the appeal to the gay community. But what, what do you think the appeal of the Golden Girls is? Because, I mean, as you said, the show originally came on the air in the 80s. Yeah. It has lived on through, you know, reruns, Nick at Night, all that stuff. What makes it, in your opinion, something that is such a touchstone for so many people? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you boil it down, it's good writing. Yeah, it's yes, just it is. Good timeless writing. I mean, they were very topical. So you can watch an episode today and they're talking about, you know, Gore Vidal or all these other incredibly topical references at the time that you might not get. But it's still, the comedy just transcends that. And I think that that's a big reason for it. Um, it the, the relationship between those four women, I mean, it was literal gold. And that translated in like Emmys and awards for these four women who just were such a great team. And we've really tried to like embrace that as well. And I think it, this show has such a beautiful, like, multi-generational aspect. Like, when I was little, very little, I'll say, um, I remember my grandmother would watch the show. And I didn't really, I didn't understand the jokes, but she would be cracking up. So whenever I would be with her, I'd be like, ooh, let's watch the old lady show. Because I know that she liked it because she would be laughing. So to me, like... It just was, it was funny. I didn't even get what was going on, but she was cracking up. So then I thought it was funny as well. So I think that a lot of people can relate. We do a really cool meet and greet after the show, which like name another Broadway show that has people come on the stage and take pictures with the the cast. So um, it's super cool, but you'll have these people come up and they're like, it's my mom's birthday. I bought these tickets for her birthday. Or I came with my daughter. Did we're the girl group. And, so it's just like super, super fun. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. Think that, there you know, is, there is the something fact that about it's pumped the, out all the time. Yeah, like you were saying, like you know, the the gold that was the magic of those four actresses, uh, and and the writing, the writing, the writing is really what um, I think has made the show just evergreen. Yes. It is one of those things that, like, of course, look at these incredibly talented women uh, with these funny, funny words, and now we've got look at these four incredibly talented men in drag <laughs> doing. <you know? laughs> Like, like, oh, the times, how they have changed. But weren't they really all just kind of drag queens anyway in that show? Yes, pretty much. You know? (laughs) Yeah. No, they were all just caricatures, which is, like, so fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any, like, super-duper strange uh, fan encounters afterwards? Um super strange i mean when people dress up we're we just like are screaming like i can see it in the audience like you can see the plastic white wigs right. you know for like little sophia's you can like see them or you'll see like just a huge block of sequin kind of blinding you because the girls all got dressed up so we love that we've had two proposals at the meet and greet which wow. was just like beyond me i just never thought like you see like that happen in like professional meet and greets at like drag queens or like taylor swift or something and like i'm just I'm just a, a homosexual from Michigan, so I never Aww. thought somebody would <laughs> propose like on a mean grade. So it was so special. So yeah, it's really it's super fun to get to have that like that very specific interaction with the audience. Yeah. So clearly, audiences are like it's a t- people are being affected people by it and, just, it and are loving it. Uh, I have to ask you what. As you are in Texas right now, uh, and I'm not sure if you're mm-hmm. if you have gone through the South too much, but what uh, how have you noticed a, a geographic change, like a change in where you are, like an audience response or reception, depending on where you are, what city you're in? 
You know, the Golden Girls is a great equalizer. Yes. If I could get some guy yesterday, last night, for example, uh, there was a man in the front row, and he was a good old boy, and I could just, I was reading his face the entire show like a horrifying book, and I was like, he, girlfriend is not into this. Like she is his wife not was having, having a great yeah. time. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's not going to be good. And I was just, I was like, they're not even going to be here at intermission. I can tell. Like after the, They're not coming to the second act, I could tell. And then there they were in the second act, and then after the show, they came up, and he said, this was so much fun. I didn't want to come tonight. I was dragged, but I had such a good time. And I was like, well, you could have let me know with your face. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, you never know. You never know, you never know what's going to happen. So, I think if, if the Golden Girls can be the little spoonful of sugar that maybe somebody who's like oh, drag queens you know i don't want to see that and then they're like oh shit i do love the golden girls all right i'll see we'll, we'll try it and then they're like you know it wasn't that bad i didn't get you know <laughs> nobody tried to there was you know propose yeah. to me or anything i yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great again it is the golden girls is the great equalizer so you are heading to chicago yes. this week uh oh in two days oh my gosh Holy smokes. I know. I already checked into my flight. It's so real. No, it's so very <laughs> real. Have you have you performed in Chicago before? You know, I've never. I've never. Like I said, I'm from Detroit. Um, so Chicago is always a great place because you guys get so much theater. Sometimes you get the theater before it even goes to New York. Yeah, like I yes, saw the Cher show there and, you know, a bunch of like tryouts, which is so cool to experience. So, no, but Chicago's always been like that, you know, that little beacon to the left for people in Detroit. So I'm just so excited that we get to like be a part of that great legacy. Broadway in Detroit or Broadway in Chicago has obviously history performing, you know, lots and lots of great shows that have come through. So to be a part of that is, is so wonderful. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're excited to all get out there for the first time. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. Have yeah. you, uh, so it, it sounds like you've spent some time in Chicago. Are you looking for, uh, forward to anything in particular when you come to stay here as you're doing your big run of golden girls, the left continues, uh, at the Broadway yeah. playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what's just so fun right out the gate is we've been doing the show for a while and it's just we go on the weekends. We leave on Wednesday or Thursday. We get there. We do a couple of shows. We don't really get to experience the city. So now we get to like live like a Chicago, you know, like we're not tourists. We're going to be there. We're staying downtown, which is really great. We're all excited about like musical Mondays at Sidetrack. We want to try to get into like, <laughs> we want to go to like a Roscoe's viewing party because mm-hmm. we all love Gregory Festival. Um, so, yes. And like, obviously, all the other, <laughs> as much as I'm like, we're not going to be a tourist, I'm like, I can't wait to get to the Field Museum. Right. I want to go check out this. So, It'll just be super exciting to have that time. So we're not always like, we have to be at the theater the whole time. Right. And we, we got to like, leave. You know, yeah. 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 Like, you're going to well, have a ball. You're going to have a great time here uh, in Chicago. And folks out there, you're going to have a fabulous time when you go check out Golden Girls. The laughs continue at Broadway in Chicago's Broadway Playhouse. Uh, it opens February 6th and runs to the 25th. But get your tickets now because I bet you they'll be going like hotcakes. Yes. Sounds like, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. just eating this show up. Uh, and you can do that by heading over to broadwayinchicago.com. Uh, Vince Kelly, thank you so much for taking time out with a, a full beat of makeup on uh, <laughs> as you're getting ready to head into a matinee. We cannot wait to have you here in Chicago. And let me just say thank you for being a friend. Yes, thank you. Can't wait to see oh, the show. Oh, no. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Vince Kelly, break legs today. We can't wait to see you in Chicago on Tuesday, February 6th at the Broadway Playhouse with Golden Girls. The laughs continue. Uh, uh, have have a fun show. 
Thank you. I will try, and you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks so much. We have got to take a break, and when we come back, it is the final thrilling show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT. Hey, this is Mark Patton, and I'm from Spring Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're listening to Out Chicago. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ken Mejia Bella. KMB. There we are. Yeah. Got that Kennergy going. All the Kennergy. All the Kennergy happening. It is mid-level. It is. It is it mid-level, is mid-level. Kennergy. Look, you've had a you've had a big week. Yeah, I have. There we are. Time yes. for a Ken nap. <laughs> this time for a Ken nap, isn't yeah. it? Uh, hey, I want to remind everybody that uh, Ace Foundation of Chicago, their big... World of Chocolate. The World of Chocolate is this Friday. Yes, it is. I will be there. I know you're going to... Are you going to be there, Wait too? Wait till you see my blazer. <sighs> see, here's the thing. This is why... <laughs> This is why I'm in radio. I cannot, I do not have the wardrobe to keep going to these you events. You need to hang out with me. I know. Well, I need, I need to make more money is what I need to do. Cause I oh, you don't think, I don't spend a lot of money on I know clothing. you don't. You're like, you're. you're I'm very, I'm freaking you're frugal. You're frugal. Yeah. You pull, but you are able to pull, do the things. Well, I mean, dear, when you have a body like this. I know. You've got a body <laughs> like that. i got a body like this. I'm like, Your body like, is great. It's gorgeous, but it looks like an avocado come stop. to see. I you know, it's stop. like those little toothpicks going in there. But... This uh, this Friday is the world of chocolate, yes. so make sure you head on down. And here's the thing: if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, uh, you can go to uh, uh, AidsChicago.org mm-hmm. and click on the world of chocolate thing. And look, I've made it. I'm officially a promo code. Oh, just enter the promo code Scott. What? And you can you can get uh, fifteen dollars off <gasps> your ticket. Oh, look I know. at you. And look, if you have not been before, if you're in for a treat. It is so cool. It is. And the only thing I don't like, and I will say this, is there are people out there who at the end of the night hoard because they give the Garrett's popcorn and they hoard it. Oh, yeah. And... I am that person. You hoard the popcorn? Oh, baby. Right. So if you see me in my red jacket, knock me over, I'm taking four bags. You taking all the bags? I And run. <sighs> knock me Usually, over. Usually, I will probably <laughs> gladly give you mine, because as I, I'm passing judgment. You should. As a, you know, as <laughs> I'm a horrible I'm person. I'm official judge. No, I'm official. I'm judging. Yes, you are. Yeah, I'm judging, so that's how I'm passing judgment. Yeah. Uh, I will never pass judgment on you. You should. But I have to, I have to mm-hmm. eat from every one of the people. It's so delicious. It's yeah. so much. It's so much. I will gladly give you my Garrett's popcorn. Yes. At the end, like, here, take it. I'm, I'm mouth breathing right now. <laughs> it's so much chocolate. It's so much chocolate. So I love it. So much chocolate. But it is like, it's delicious. The venue is incredible. Yes. Uh, down at Union Station. Mm-hmm. It's a fun event. DJ uh, Moose is going to be there. He's uh, a great DJ, by the way. He's a great DJ yeah. and a great guy. He's just I've never a, met him. Yeah, but he's a, he's another St. Louis kid. Got it. That's how we all we, the we best bonded. stuff comes from Missouri. Sure, except okay. Andy Cohen. Continue. Oh my God! Thank I didn't you say so that. Much. I didn't Thank say you so that. much. I have a problem with him, and we're contemporaries. He went to Burroughs <sighs> while I was at school. Better. You're better. I know, I know, but he's just like mm. I've 
I could tell you some Andy stories. Well, I'm sure you could, and I also could probably go off on a whole little thing about like talk about misogyny, just disguised bum, bum, as, bum. as empowering people. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go to world, uh, agechicago.org, mm-hmm. uh, click on World of Chocolate, and use the promo code Scott. That's me. S-C-O-T-T. There we go. And you can get $15 off. I've always wanted to be a, a promo code. Look at you. I know. I'm waiting for Bombas to come knocking on my door because let me tell you, I love a Bombas sock. They're coming. I hope so. They're have coming. You, have you ever tried the Bombas socks? Here's where I'm frugal, but girlfriend over here will drop $90 I, on three pairs of socks. I... Madam. Yes. <laughs> no. I have spent $90 on three pairs of socks, mostly because the, there are three other pairs that are going to be going. There's really six pairs. I buy six donate. pairs for $12. Okay, you see, you need to get, Look, I'm going to show you. Well, this is an old. Oh, this I'm not, I'm going to have them on. Right what now. is happening? Are you showing I was going to show you my Bomba socks. No, 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 wait, but these are different. They're, they're not the Bomba see, socks. See, and this is what I get. This is what I get. Well, I'm going to show you. Uh-huh. You see this, people? Yeah, that's fun. You, Elmo. They're Elmo socks. Girl, Elmo made the news and, this week. And I know. And I I love Wait. Elmo. Twelve, uh, six pairs of these, twelve dollars. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, talk to me when you hit when there's a five in, in the front digit of your number, and you need to have a little something to support and hug your calves the whole day. Talk to you when there's a five in the beginning part of my number. Yeah. Like a f- when you're in your fifties. Oh. Like me. Will you still be around? Oh wow! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking about ageism with Madonna. <laughs> ageism also counts. Last for... time I was here, you got me so many times. Well, that's because I love you. I love you too, I baby. I love you. When I get you the f- me. because when I get the you five in front me. of my age, I'll really have a seven in front of my age. Oh, uh, okay, because you're so, just lying all the way. Yeah, in. like there I'm 22 go. right now. Add a girl. I'm trying. Hold on to that. I'm holding for dear life. There we go. <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> Look, it is real. the gay the the ageism in the in the gay world ageism in general is just a big yeah, but thing. It's, but it's very prominent in the gay community. Well. I know. I am am officially uh, T Rex years old. I mm. am a dinosaur. Well, mm. yeah. I walk in. I can't move my arms. I got a hankering for goat all the time. Uh, and when I walk into any sort of gay bar, everybody under thirty just freezes and they're like, "Don't move." You can't see us that's, if we don't move. That's not that's true. what it is. It's very true. It's very true. And yes, I can see you, but only if I'm wearing my glasses. Well, <laughs> so. Oh, my. So last night I did not wear my, I had no vision and I was walking through cute. the sign in area and someone was like, sir, can I help you? And I was like, I'm fine, Mike Zuri. Shout out to Mike Zuri who helped me sign in because I could not see anything. Oh, I was no. just like, everything's blurry. Oh, no. I don't know where I'm going. Well, there we go. Uh, hey, well, there was a, I don't need, I don't know where to go because a we can talk about Elmo who was going who was in the news yes. just for checking on checking people. on people and it was not good because people be people people be people and people are like are are kind of hurting and stressed out. I love Elmo, it. hence the socks. I love. Him. I know Elmo's great. There we yeah. are. To be perpetually, don't be coming for Elmo. To be perpetually three. Yeah. Like, if you have an issue with Elmo, there's, you need a therapist. Yeah, I know. You I mean, need, we all you need, need a therapist, but you really need one. Especially, you need to be journaling. Yes. Like, get there. Um, but um, but we lost um, we lost a couple of really great people this week. Yes, we did. Uh, Cheetah Rivera. Yes. Oh, that one, for some reason, like, really hit 
in a strange way. Well, it was because you're big in, in like the Broadway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, it's very different. And I know like, I, you know, I work with a lot of young people and they're like, who? I'm like, all right, hold on. So I'm like sending like clips and videos yeah. and things of her. I mean, Cheetah Rivera talking about somebody who is like breaking barriers, busting down doors uh, and being just a class act yeah. the whole time. She was the original Anita in West Side Story mm-hmm. on Broadway. Um, she was has been in Sweet Charity. She was, I mean, countless shows. She's done a lot. Kiss of the Spider Woman, another, um, which oh, I think she was probably 65 when she did that. She can bend in the middle. Oh. The yeah. Cheetah. The yeah. Cheetah Rivera could. When she was doing, because she was she was up there when she. Well, I mean, just once again, some folks when they get up there can still do stuff. Well, it's because they take care of themselves they take, yes. and they're constantly they have their movement, they're moving yeah. and all this stuff. But like, what what an amazing uh, life at the what an incredible career, what an incredible role model yeah. for for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, of of perseverance, you know. Uh, back back in my days when I was there was a forbidden Broadway. Which is like this show that's off Broadway that lampoons Broadway shows. Oh, okay. And there was this whole song about Cheetah and Rita, uh, like about how Cheetah Rivera and Rita Moreno would always get confused for one another, and they would. I believe. And it. Cheetah would mm-hmm. do the roles on Broadway, and then Rita would take over and do the movie, <laughs> which was not cute. Yeah. Poor but, Cheetah. Uh, poor Cheetah. Poor Cheetah. But um, but again, Broadway legend. It makes me think of uh, my friend Curtis. He's actually one of the team. He's part of the the duo that wrote all the music for um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay. Uh, he was living in New York around the time that uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman was happening, and he was walking through the theater district. Uh, it was you know after shows had mm-hmm. let out and everything, and then all of a sudden the the theater door, uh, the stage door for the theater where. Kiss of the Spider Woman was playing, opens up, and Cheetah Rivera pops out, and she just kind of jokingly just goes, What? No fans? And Curtis was, ac- Curtis was across the street. And, and he he's like, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> and she actually came running across the, the street, like, and she's like, Oh, there we go. Like, thank you for being a fan. And she's like, No, really, I saw the show. You were incredible and wonderful. And she was just gorgeous. And she Aww. hopped into a limo and just went away. And then when he was meant up to meet up with some folks, Cheetah Rivera's limo went by and she rolled down the window and like blew him a kiss out. You got to love it. I know. You got to love it's it. It's amazing. Again, yeah. uh, and then we also lost uh, Carl Weathers. Yes, and 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 he. I, I grew up watching um, lots of Rocky films, so I, I he. I've known him. Like grew up with the movies. Yeah, and then you know Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore happened. Tap well, it. Um, yeah, see, I haven't watched that because I have a thing about um, what's his butt. The guy that's. We'll in circle that. back to that. What's his, well, no, Bob who's, Barker? No, 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 no. The, no, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yes. <laughs> Bob yeah. Parker, Bob Parker, who was also in Happy Gilmore, but he he another great. Isn't electric. Kathy Bates in that? Yeah, no, she's in. No, that's Waterboy. Yeah, she's in one of them. Yeah, yeah. see, I can't deal with. They them. all turn into one after a while. Yeah, I know. But anyway, but Carl <laughs> Weathers, like, yes. uh, somebody started off in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, and then he, but he was a theater major. Yeah, when he was playing, like, when he was in college, he played college football. He tried to get in the NFL, and they were like, you know what, you're just too sensitive. So and they had, he became an actor. And he became an actor. And he was like on pioneering shows like Good Times. Yes. And the Rocky films, of yes. course, made him a national sensation, an international star. You Correct. Know? And then he 
his character, Apollo Creed, yes. ended up getting died in the ring, mm-hmm. kind of like Emil Griffith yes. kind of thing. And he got very worried about that, you know, because if Apollo Creed is gone, does, what does that mean for Carl Weathers? Right. But fortunately, he persisted, had a, an incredible career. He was just nominated for an Emmy Award mm-hmm. for his work on The Mandalorian. Yes. You know? Um, great actor. Great actor. And like, just seems like a good guy. And everybody was like, let me tell you, he was just... Aces. I think when you when you pass on the biggest legacy you can leave is when someone you have a great body of work and people really like you. Like it says a lot about you. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it, it does. says a lot. Yeah. So anyway, so we just wanted to take a moment to like you know oh these were kind of big since we're talking about this today has really been about pop culture. Yeah, pop and culture and about the influences that that's on it. Tonight are the Grammy Awards. Yeah, and everything which kind of surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who any of those people are. I know who some are. of the children are. Know I know who, who some of the children's are. are. Um, I know who SZA is. Um, I do know who she is. Yeah, SZA, Billie Eilish. I'm sure you are familiar with her. I've heard of her. I can't name one thing that she's done, but I know the name. She is. She's an interesting artist to me because. She wears baggy clothes, right? She does wear baggy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you were correct. She wears baggy clothes. <laughs> and she's one of those like whisper people that kind of drive me crazy. Oh, got like it. Like when she sings, hum, 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 you know, like yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Drives me a little kooky pants. But her performance on Saturday Night Live, to go back to, we were talking about in the break yeah. about Lana Del Rey, <clears throat> Snooze Fest. <clears throat> anyway, not yucking your yum. Uh, Thank you. She did this, uh, She her first performance when she was like 18 she was she was really young it was incredible on there i'm like oh okay i might not dig your vocals but i love what you're trying to say with all your stuff yeah no i know she's she's a young person who does music yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a young person who does music i i feel like my grandmother right now you sound like my, you sound moment. like your grandmother yeah 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 she's a young person that does the music she does the music yeah. but um Taylor Swift is nominated uh, of course. countless times. Yeah. Uh, and Janelle Monet, Who is amazing. Yes. She is and amazing. And talk about somebody who's like embracing yes. like uh, the her queerness, uh, who's embracing sexuality. She's amazing. She's just incredible. So I'm trying to see who else is. Olivia Rodrigo, that's Devin's favorite artist. Is it? Yes. Okay. He loves. I didn't think so. He doesn't love her. I figured. But I enjoy her. I figured. Because, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I love my Pop-Tarts. Okay. Uh, you know, I need me. Isn't I need she me. the one with the song about getting a driver's license? Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. That song is not my favorite. Because she's just it's so all I know. sad. She's so sad. Here's, she, here, look. There are so many jokes you, to be made right when now. When you get... A driver's license? When I get a driver's license mm-hmm. or when I get mine taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but there's something about these like late teen, early 20s, these gals who just want to, like, their music is just basic. And I know mm-hmm. that can be like a bad thing. It is. But it's like, but it's to me, when I use the term basic, I mean, it's like it deals with base emotions like love and heartbreak and desire. And everybody can relate to having a crush on somebody. I've gotten many driver's licenses over my life. I've never wanted to write a song about it. Well, maybe you just don't have a poet's soul. Maybe like I Olivia don't. Rodrigo. Maybe now she's thinking about vampires. Oh, joy. Yeah. God bless America. Not real vampires. 
It's a metaphor. Energy vamp. Got it. Yeah, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Wow. Because she's deep like a puddle. She, wow. Everyone's getting all mad at no, I'm Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo. I don't know who she is. Oh, she oh. wrote a song about a driver's license. That's like all I got. Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. I really do want to be invited back. <laughs> well, you're really <laughs> testing me today, Mr. Man. I will tell you what. I'll never be back again. You'll never be back. Oh, again. She'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, especially as we are um, you know, we were we were talking earlier about the um how big our party is. Yes. Yeah, you know, we're going back. Let's go back to politics for the last sure. for a couple seconds. Because, you know, look, we're, you've just had this really profound experience where you're meeting with leadership within the Democratic yes. uh, Party and people are asking, like, what do you need? And you felt like you're being heard. I'm being heard for the first time in my life. And I feel like a lot of our, uh, especially black leaders in this country, are feel like we're being heard for the first time. And, and, if I can, just do a plug really quick yeah. on, on February oh. 18th, February 18th, yes. uh, the DuPage Democrats are honoring Senator Carol Mosley Brown, who was the very first African-American woman ever elected to the Senate in the history of our country. So February 18th, you can get your tickets at DuPageDemocrats.com. Come out, have a great time. But it's important to honor Senator Carol Mosley Brown. And while we honor her, look at our history. We've only had three black women senators in this country. We've only had two black women ever elected to Senate mm -hmm. uh, because the third she was appointed um, in California. Mm -hmm. And none of those women have ever served consecutively or together. So there's always been just one black woman by herself in the Senate. Just think about that yeah. for a moment. So that's why we're gonna honor her this year. And, and black leadership and brown leadership, it matters. It does. It, it, it does. Really does it, matter. it matters. And it matters like, hey, Democratic Party, stop pandering to we black and brown better. voices and actually do stuff. Yes. Get stuff done. Yes. That you promised. And we can do it. And we and and folks, white folks out there, this is something that you should be sounding the alarm bells to. Yes. Because as we said, when it affects anybody in our in, in our communities it, it affects, affects all of us, us. that's so, right there we go uh and on that note uh we come to the end of another delightful uh, makes me sad show i want i know i know i want to thank our guests uh martin luther clark uh and uh vince kelly for joining us today uh devin thank you so much for everything dev dog there we are travis travis not tyler kelsey there we are, Travis Kelsey. There we are. Paul, thank you for doing whatever it is that you do back there. Uh, Ken Mejia Beal, thank you so much for coming in. Thank I you for adore you. Me. I love you more than my luggage. Uh, and Same. I am Scott Duff. And until next week, stay proud.